it's the next level. Hey, my name is Ross Marquand and I play Red Skull. You are listening to Panels to Pixels podcast. Check it out. What's Sporty Spice up to? Who? Sporty fucking Spice, what's she up to? I don't know. Exactly. How about Posh? You know what she's doing? I don't understand. Making clothes for anorexics, right? Not exactly a growth market. And baby, you know what she's doing? Fuck all. Not even page six of the Daily Mail. And Scary Spice, up to her eyeballs in lawsuits and sex tapes. Ginger, on the other hand, has released three albums. Passion, Schizophonic, and Scream If You Want To Go Faster. They'll all make your ears bleed. You see, when they're apart, they're absolute fucking rubbish. But you put them together, they're the goddamn fucking Spice Girls. How do you know so much about the Spice Girls? Hey everyone, welcome back to the show. I'm Mark. And I'm Steve. And today we'll be discussing season one of Amazon's The Boys. We will discuss all eight episodes of the first season, which will be very long. It might be a little <laughs> bit long, might be not, who knows. But uh, so spoiler warning for now, but you'll hear a lot of things that, are, uh, that have come out in the episode. So if you haven't watched the show Go watch it. It's been out, man. Yeah, it's been it's been out for a while. Um, and I know when TV podcast industries when they did their coverage of it, I submitted them some feedback. So I watched it a while ago, and like uh, we were talking earlier, Mark and I have watched most of it over this last week. So I think we're ready to have a a pretty good discussion uh, about all eight of these episodes. We'll see where it goes. Yeah, definitely. So do you want to start us off with our first takes? Sure. I uh, I just really, really enjoyed seeing Colby Minithy, uh in this. She was in Jessica Jones, and she was uh, the Ginny from uh, Fear the Walking Dead, the last couple episodes of the last season of Fear the Walking Dead. Uh, I love all the soundtrack stuff, the the different music, and the, even the little snippets of music was really cool. Like in the, the, the last episode, or episode seven or eight, there you heard the very opening strains of Billy Joel's, uh, <laughs> of one of Billy Joel's song, and it's Escaping Me Now, which song it's the, gosh, that's tor- that's terrible that I can't remember the name of the song, but the, the, uh, the, the uptown, oh, uptown goodness, girl, what is it? No, no, not uptown girl. It's that's the line from the song is you went uptown riding in your limousine when you're fine park Avenue clothes. That's uh, that song. Um, uh, and then the title is totally escaping me. That's horrible. I, I love the song. I could probably, we all love the, the songs and we all know <laughs> them. We just don't know the names. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I also, uh, you know, this was, uh, Elizabeth Shue was in this. Yeah. Eric Kripke was the creator of this or is a producer of this. He adapted it for television. He is a big, uh, producer on, uh, supernatural, which is one of my favorite shows ever. So it was great to see Eric Kripke's name on all these episodes. He directed a few of the episodes as well. So yeah, it, it's uh, one of those movies that movies, one of those eight hour, just eight episodes. It was crazy. When we yeah. were looking at this and I said eight episodes, that's all it was. Cause it felt longer. Cause these, 
these episodes, I think I, I like the way Amazon does these shows because I don't think there was any of them, any of the episodes that was less than 50 minutes. And most of them were like 55, 56 minutes. The last one was over an hour. So it's it's was a really, really good show just to watch. Oh, definitely. And with that, I'll have to add with my own where, you know, you've already brought it up, the cameos and the characters that a lot of large actors play in it. Obviously, Elizabeth Shue. I loved seeing Carl Urban, who I'm a fan of. He who was Judge Dredd. <laughs> we already talked about him. Right. Uh, Simon Pegg coming back, but with an American accent playing Huey's dad. And, uh, and he does a Big great- Shot. That's the name of the song. You're a big shot. All right, Sorry. awesome. Billy Joel, Billy Joel, big shot. That was the name. <laughs> Sorry, I hated to interrupt you, but I was like, I'm running over the lyrics in my mind going, it's the one, the the chorus is, you had to be a big shot, didn't you? Yep. You had to open up your mouth. That's the song. But those, all all the last episode used was just the very first opening moments of it. So Yeah, definitely. Okay. And like, and I have to agree with <laughs> you. And that's my, no, no, no. But that adds to what my last point was, which was the soundtrack. The yeah. soundtrack actually adds to it. And we also got within the show, and we'll talk about it later too, we got the Spice Girls. Yeah, was, <laughs> Come on, man. Love, we got it, the Spice Girls. In it's in my notes where he brings up, uh, he, he brings up that, uh, uh, the Spice Girls group. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it, it was a really good with the visual of the show. So, uh, pretty much to give you an idea or a synopsis of what's going on, this was inspired by the comic book series itself that was called The Boys. I honestly never heard of, but was intrigued by it. Because when I saw it on Amazon and I started researching it, you know, it was a comic book full of, you know, you know, superheroes with a lot of adult content in it. It was more of a twisted version, in my opinion, as I look at it overall, as uh, the Justice League that was created by a company called Vought. Similar to the character uh, in Mis- in the Mystery Men, it, you know, would be Homelander, which is branded as the leader of the group. But the branding goes on more and more as corporate advertising and merchandising more than saving people itself within this whole look of these people. And it's kind of twisted and corrupted. The heroes are created by this company and are marketed as such. But the heroes themselves are mostly corrupt themselves due to the high, you know, of being high, of being a super and don't control or show any humility or humanity in what they're doing. They kind of let their ego take over at certain points, or they have their own certain self-issues. And we see that through this, where nothing's even perfect within a super, even though it's marketed as they're the greatest people known to the world. Yeah. So that that was what I got out of it. But I, I do you agree or no? Yeah, no, it's it's definitely a, a twisted version of of the comics uh, of what we normally see from like the Avengers and what we've seen from the Marvel Cinematic Universe over the last few years. Even DC, really, it's even darker than what DC has, and it's got that that very dark humor. Yeah, in it. And the the nice thing about this show, though, I think that was that was really cool to me anyway, was that the main characters, the protagonists 
so to speak, I guess, are regular humans. It's not like the superheroes are not the main focus. Main focus, yeah. They're they're the antagonists kind of of this. But we we do see like and we'll get into it when we get down to episode seven, but uh, when Billy encounters Mesmer in the bathroom. Yeah. And we see his reaction and and so we see that these guys are not they're not nice guys. They're not I mean, Huey murders a guy in the very whatever, the second or third episode. Oh yeah. Um he murders one of the, the heroes. We see them doing things that are definitely not good things. So it's 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 kind of cool to have this this show that kind of addresses that side of it the the kind of the jerkish side of the the superheroes and even even that our protagonists our good guys so to speak are the same way i mean they're they're dickish in their own way yeah really i mean billy butcher is is just a jerk yeah yeah he's like pushing to get his own way and mm-hmm. what he believes in and regardless of who's there Man, he just he blatantly lies to people about things and withholds the truth. Yeah, and, he's just and, determined. Uh, so, yeah, he just he wants to get at these soups and he hates soups so much. And I, I think it's going to be interesting when we get to season when season two comes out to see how this changes or if it changes his character at all, because we know that his whole vendetta, the whole eight years that he's been doing this up to this point have been because he trying to get revenge for his wife. Oh yeah. So it really is. And you, you get a sense of his justification for everything he's doing. And that all falls apart by the end of the first season. So <laughs> now what, uh, where's he going? And we'll get to that when we get to episode eight. Yeah. So what we're going to do, ladies and gentlemen, uh, for who are listening, uh, we're uh, basically going to break it down episode per episode based upon what we liked and our favorite moments within per episode within the whole season. So this might be long. It might be short. Who knows? It depends on how our conversation goes. So yeah. bear with us. Why don't we just kind of go back and forth on – I've got a few points. You've got a few points for each episode. We can kind of just go back and forth. Yeah, that'll work. I absolutely loved, for me, episode one, I absolutely loved that first meeting that we have between Huey and, and Annie when he, when he meets her there on the park bench. And he doesn't know who she is and she doesn't know who he is. And it's completely just this totally innocent kind of encounter where they don't even exchange numbers. I don't even remember if they told each other their names or not. Hmm. They just, he sees her crying. He's sitting on the park bench. She sits down on the park bench. She's crying. He says, you know, how are you doing or whatever? And she's like, oh, my job, blah, blah, blah. Because it's right after her encounter with the deep. And after his his whole thing of walking, you know, of getting, sh- of shaking. Was that, was that when he, when he went into the building to shake A-Train's hand and yeah, the bug? Or was that later? I think that was around. Maybe that, that time. was late. I, maybe, maybe this. Maybe the, anyway. That that meeting. That first time of them meeting. Or it was after the it, meeting with the uh, the lawyer. You're right. Yeah. It's it's anyway. It's just that 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 initial meeting between them where he doesn't know she's a super. Yeah. She doesn't know what's happened to him. It's just two people, and I think they did exchange names because later she's they know each other's names. So that's that's really my first point of the episode is that I really like that. Uh, you, did you have anything else or no? Just I mean. I mean, I can just go through everything for episode one. And then yeah, do it. Go ahead, because yeah, I'll we'll, agree we'll with you. That way. 
yeah, just the, the, and the creepiness of the deep. I already kind of mentioned that a little bit. Uh, and then at the, at the end, that fight where between Billy Butcher and Translucent is really, really cool because like he, when, when Translucent hits him and so he's bleeding and he spits blood on him so that he can see where he's yep. at. And so we get to see this kind of, this figure with, we just see a little bit of the blood and it's just enough that, that Billy's able to punch him and grab him. And just that whole thing of, of translucent walking in the, the other thing, and it's not in my notes, but it's just the, the ludicrousness of translucent that he has to be naked. <laughs> <laughs> and it's one of those, it's one of those things that, you know, they never really address it with, like in the Fantastic Four, the Invisible Girl, or the she, Invisible Man himself, or, yeah, or Invisible yes. Man. These other these these other shows where where their clothes disappear with them when they when they disappear, and every once in a while there'll be a movie or a TV show. Like I think there was a Supernatural episode where where a kid uh, wished for the ability to be be invisible, but he had to be naked. Uh, the the uh, Hollow Man, the Kevin Bacon, yep. Invisible Man thing was the same way he had to be naked it's really cool to see that kind of just openly addressed here of where they're every time they talk about it they're just like and what was it later one of the later episodes billy butchers go well he could be over there in the corner just tossing off and we wouldn't even know (laughs) you know uh is is just really so that kind of introduces us to the type of humor we're gonna get it's very dark and very serious and if you can't watch it with a grain of salt, I don't suggest you watch it. Uh, a lot of people don't like that kind of humor, and I understand that. But, you know, I'm kind of, like, strange and odd, and I like kind of that stuff. Because yeah. it, it's kind of humanizing of these particular characters, which I like. Because it, it, it puts you in that position, what do you think you would do? I'm not saying you as this particular character, but... In a sense of you looking at it and being like, okay, this is a person that was granted these gifts and, you know, ego comes aside, this Mm -hmm. feeling of empowerment, they could do whatever, you know, whatever they want and then, you know, abuse it in certain circumstances or be manipulated in certain circumstances. Yeah. With that, uh, I have to agree with you, the deep in Starlight. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What the deep does in the briefing room, apparently tamer than what happened within the comic apparently <laughs> oh really yeah that, that's oh I yeah know. apparently in the comic there was initiation an initiation with starlight i think it's her because i never really read the comic it's only from what i was told mm-hmm. but apparently the other male members of the seven took turns violating her in a Ooh. sexual way I just loved how they played off the creepiest of all scenes as a setup of who the Deep is within the show and what it we eventually see of him later in the season based upon that. Because yeah. he gets punished in a certain way. Mm-hmm. And I think that's far better than what they did in the comic. Because honestly, that from, from what it was described to me, was very, very gruesome. And mm. it's not something I wouldn't want to see on TV or a movie for a woman. But, you know, in this case, it was done in a more... I mean, it's still it's still horrible. It's still but horrible, it's, it's, it's but... not to the level of extremes. Of what you're talking about. Yeah. 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 So, to me, that was a little bit more acceptable than what was read in the comic. It makes me think, should I even really read this comic? 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah, it might be rough, I'm thinking. So. Yeah. And uh, I have uh, a few others, so bear with me. Uh, yeah. Yeah, the, the wacky bar with the soups. Y- you saw that that scene. Uh, to me, uh, that you know, we see the lewd things they do when Butcher, who is Carl Urban, brings Huey, Jack Quaid, and if you guys don't know this and you haven't watched the show, Dennis Quaid and Meg Ryan's son plays Huey. And uh, he can see what the Supers are really like and what A-Train thinks of the situation that was set up in the very beginning of the episode when A-Train plowed through Huey's girlfriend at the time mm-hmm. and all Huey was left with her hands and yeah. blood splattering on him. So it was way Butcher was trying to coerce Huey into his group to take down the supers. Yeah, and we actually learn more about that scene later on in like episode five when Huey when when Butcher shows Huey the video yeah. that was taken yeah. of that night. And then and then Huey then describes the video to Ezekiel when he's planning to blackmail him, and you find out there was a whole lot went on yeah. that we didn't see on camera. Exactly. So on episode two, do you have anything or just a few things? Um, I loved the line when when A Train goes into the hospital room for the cancer kid, and uh, the kid's like, "Well, no, my wish was to see trans was to to see." I get that now to see translucent and a train's like, well, no, I'm here. Don't you like a train? And then, and he just completely like blows it in front of this kid. And you see, you hear Stillwell and the others going, a train should be scripted. He needs to have a script whenever he goes out there. <laughs> and uh, I, I love the, the character of, of Frenchie. I thought he's a, he's a great character. And I, I look forward to throughout these episodes, we kind of get to explore a little bit more and more about him. Yeah. But you know, he tells Huey that story about killing the the woman who had the dirt under her fingernails and he doesn't like one of the things that 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 threw me off the first time i watched it i just assumed that he was killing her because of the dirt under her fingernails but when i watched it this time i went more of maybe she was his target all along and he was just explaining these are all the things that i saw about her as my my target. Yeah, that's what I got out of it originally. Yeah, and you know we see Homelander. He shoots down the mayor of whatever city that was. He shot down the plane in the previous episode, mm-hmm. but really in this in this episode we get to see, and it just gets worse and worse as the as the season progresses. We get to see how how creepy and actually like evil homelander is oh yeah but he's he's not just bad he's not just creepy he's evil yeah well yeah that leads me to my thought of episode two which would be homelander is so creepy just like a <laughs> villain that's all i got mm-hmm. out of this episode which led me to being right in the end of the season so yeah. yeah like i said if you know listeners if you have not watched the show go watch it why are you listening to this yeah <laughs> But I'm sure a lot of you have. And you're probably listening going, wow, yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, episode three, what what did you think? You know, the only thing that jumped out at me in episode three was the introduction of Malcolm Barrett, uh, who played Hoover in Preacher. We see him. He's one of the PR guys in there that is talking to about when Starlight had beat up the guys in the alleyway 
and they're talking about how to spin it. They show her her new costume, and the, the woman is like, well, this is a costume that works. And Starlight's like, I don't want to wear that. And <laughs> So we, we get to see, you know, episode three really starts us down the road, whereas episode two started us down the road of understanding how dark and evil Homelander is. Episode three is where we really start to see, I think, more and more, or at least it starts the ball rolling of the PR machine that these superheroes, that it's more about the publicity than it is about actually saving people, actually doing heroic things. And I think episode three is where we get to see her and the deep together on that arrest at the waterfront. And we find out that there's all these crimes, uh, you know, that they do all these, they've got all these computers and they got this whole room full of men that are tracking crimes so that they don't have to actually do all that much. They just, they just tell them, Oh, there's a crime going to be committed here. Go stop it. Yeah. And Starlight makes that, she makes that comment about how she used to just have a crappy police scanner that she would listen to in her room yeah. or in her car or whatever. Yeah. She was so like the, the Spider-Man for wherever she was from. I, yeah. Where was yeah. it? Kansas or Oklahoma city or Ohio? No, it wasn't Ohio. It was somewhere Midwest. Midwest I don't think yeah. it was Oklahoma. It wasn't Oklahoma, but it was, it was somewhere like that kind of Midwestern kind of thing. Yeah. I appreciated that though, that, that it shows that she was doing this as a kid at growing up because her mother trained her and to do all these things. And you, you could see her whole training montage and everything mm-hmm. and, and how she was inducted and everything else in the first episode. And it was very, you know, you appreciate that. And the fact that you know that this is a main character, this is somebody that we're going to be focused in on. So, yeah. you know, I, I do appreciate her. She, is, I forget her first name, but her last name's Moriarty. And she's very good. I, oh, the actress? Yeah. yeah I, don't have the, I don't have it in front of me. We're on episode three. So, right. <laughs> yeah, mine would be the Rick Astley ringtone from <laughs> Mother's <laughs> Milk. The pack-and-go guy's name is Mother's Milk, and he's helping Butcher and Huey with their plan. I was laughing about the never-gonna-give-you-up ringtone throughout yeah. the whole thing. That way they can bug uh, A-Train's apartment and, and his girlfriend, and then we see what she is doing and what A-Train has been doing all along, which basically is juicing up, and it's really wacky, honestly. Yeah. They came up with a lot of things that came out in this episode that was just like, what? <laughs> What's yeah. going on? Uh, I like the fact that we see more of Queen Maeve, and my observation came to the conclusion that, you know, she is basically the Wonder Woman of this show. She seems to be the only person within the group with some sort of conscience that's been there the longest, but deals with the garbage that, you know, Psycho Homelander does all the time, down to shooting her to (laughs) show battle damage with the perp. She had to stop originally in the building. But, yeah. yeah, and then Homelander just punches through the guy's chest, making a mess all over the place. That's the whole point of him shooting her. It's like, oh, she goes, but this was my mission. And he goes, hold on. And he just shoots her and sprays her with bullets to show that her, you know, suit is damaged. Right. And, you know, it's just like it's like that whole pompous attitude that Homelander has. It's so weird. Yeah. Well, and just like he, he makes that comment to the cops and he says the same thing to the soldiers in the last episode where he goes, you guys are the real heroes. 
Yeah. You know, and so when you hear it first, when he says it to the cops, you kind of get the idea that, oh, maybe he's being sincere. But then, like I said, in episode eight, we see him say the exact same thing yeah. to the soldiers. So you realize that, no, this guy is I mean, if we didn't need anything more to convince us, we we see him just murder straight up murder this guy in this sniper. And it seems like nobody, you know, like you said, he shoots he shoots Maeve with the machine gun so that they can show that they were justified to kill the guy. Yeah. So. And I have a couple of more. The The next one yeah. would be uh, the race between A-Train and Shockwave. Obvi- obviously, you know, A-Train is hocked up on V-Juice, and he's extremely addicted to it. Yeah. And that was the whole point of what we saw in the first mm-hmm. episode. That's why he was running to get those, uh, the, the robbers that robbed the bank or whatever that, you know, plot when he plowed through uh huey's girlfriend on you know when she was literally on the curb or just off the curb just off the curb you know yeah and uh well a train's girlfriend the claw pop claw pop claw pop i got it yeah all right yeah and her v juiced up excitement with the guy who shows up at the apartment oh gruesome then accidentally kills him by doing keggles on that guy's face (laughs) Honestly, that was explosive. <laughs> I don't yeah. as 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 gruesome as and and perverted and disturbing as it was. You know, brains everywhere on the floor. Ugh. It was gruesome, but it, it was entertaining to the least. At least, you know, to me, I I I just got a chuckle. I was like, oh no, they did not do that. Yeah. I'm like, yes, they did. Yeah, and she didn't even realize that she had done it. Yeah. until she until she gets off the guy and looks and sees. Oh no, and then. What I really liked about that scene also, there's another there's another really cool thing that happens in the van there as they're watching it because Huey wants to go help the guy mm-hmm. and Butcher stops him. And then Huey's like, no, I could have saved him. And Butcher's like, you're going to run across the street and up three flights of stairs and get into that apartment in 10 seconds. That's literally how long <laughs> it took them, like from the point where they knew he was going to get hurt to when she killed him Billy's like you there's nothing you could have done even if if you had made it there yeah. before she killed the guy which you weren't going to she would have just then killed probably killed you as well yeah and and so we see this and and this again is is one of those points that we talked about earlier with Billy is that he's not a bad guy really but he does do some bad things well he's determined to do what he needs to do for himself and he's utilizing the people that are with him to do what he needs to and i'm not saying he doesn't care for these people in any way but it seems that his motivation is more his determination to get done what needs to be done for himself yeah so he wants to accomplish the mission exactly yeah so episode four right is that episode four yeah yeah uh, so ep- episode four uh, brings us the introduction to the female, which in the comic, they never give her a name. We do get a name for her in in the show, but they don't ever, uh, from what I read, uh, they don't actually ever give her a name in the comic. And she is a super, but she is a, she, they know from the start that, that she has kind of manufa- been manufactured as a super. Because she survives, and and this was a, I was a little confused about this. I remember the first time I watched it that I thought maybe they were all surprised when she heals herself in the next episode. Yeah, but in this episode, A Train's like bashing her head against a wall, and then she just gets up and walks away. And I'm like, didn't you guys like kind of think 
oh wait, there's something more to her than just like obviously she's been juiced up with the the compound V. So it just seemed it was a little interesting to me that they kind of seem surprised when they discover that she's a super. Yeah. But at the same time, also you know one of the guys kills himself after he sees what she does. She usually she used her hands to claw that guy's guts out. Yeah. You know, and it just oh oh it's gruesome. Yeah, and then uh, you mentioned earlier about the Spice Girls. I absolutely loved <laughs> that whole metaphor that Butcher gives about the Spice Girls. He goes, he's asking, you know, well, where's Sporty Spice? And they're like, what? And where's Shorty and, and the other one? And when they're by themselves, you know, and he, and he talks about um, the red-haired one. He's like, she just sounds like uh, she's screeching and all. And, and where's the other one? She's not doing anything. And this other one's been on sex tapes and, and all that. But he says, but when they're together... They're the Spice Girls, you know. So, so we kind of get this this uh, comment a few a few times in the next few episodes as, as well. Like when they talk about the female, they go, "Well, maybe she's a Spice Girl," and, uh, and that kind of stuff. So we get we get to see that. It really made me chuckle. Um, we, <laughs> I loved, and I think you've got this in your notes as well. We we get to see the deeps his this kind of creepy obsession he has with saving the uh, sea creatures, but also we get to see his abject failure <laughs> at it, you know, that, that whole scene when the dolphin's flying through the, the air and he and they kind of lock eyes for a minute as, <laughs> and then it lands and the truck runs it over yeah. and you're just like, oh my goodness, it's 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 so darkly hilarious that you, you can't laugh. <laughs> so... But yeah, that's for me. That those were the big, the big moments. And, and like I said, it didn't occur to me the first time I watched it. But this time watching it, he's he's really bashing her head against the wall. Oh yeah, and, and he and throws her just, through the wall too. He he throws her through a wall. He's you know all these things, and she just kind of gets up and and takes it all. And you would think that would, but I know in the in the next episode when Billy tells Frenchie to leave her, and Frenchie says, "Well, they'll kill her," and Billy says, soup on soup crime doesn't bother me. So he already kind of knew that she was super. Yeah. So what were your thoughts on episode four? Well, episode four, I love the fact that we get Jennifer Esposito in this episode. I missed her. I used to watch her on NCIS and Blue Bloods. Yeah. Uh, She always has that grit to her characters in law enforcement. I love that aspect about her. You know, she's got that typical New York I'm Hispanic attitude, and I'm not going to take your crap. Yeah. And I love that. Uh, She plays Butcher's ex-partner while he was on the force, and apparently he left, and Butcher needs her to help trace where the V was coming from. Well, she's she's a deputy director of the CIA. Yes. Yeah. And I don't know, like, I don't know if they were, I don't remember well enough, so they might have been partners. I know they worked together, but remember, he, he makes that statement in the first episode when Huey asks him, who he works for, and he's like, well, I don't actually work for anybody. They call me in when something needs to be done. Yeah, he was like a lone so, agent or something yeah, like that so for I, a company. I got the idea, I get the idea that he was like like an independent contractor kind of hitman for the CIA kind of thing, and when once he started going after supers, then, then they started kind of working together. Yeah. So, but I don't know if they were ever officially together. Yeah, but she's, yeah. yeah, she's, she's like a deputy director of the CIA now because she's the one 
at the end, uh, in the last couple episodes, who keeps meeting with Stillwell and trying to negotiate yeah. stuff because of the Compound V. Yeah, she's trying to interrogate her based upon mm-hmm. government actions and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she was like, she's at the in, in the last couple episodes there when Billy gives her the Compound V, she goes to Stillwell and she's like trying to tell her to that soups aren't going to be in the military. And if you don't. If you don't pull this, we're gonna expose the compound V stuff. We're gonna expose that you're that you're making heroes. And then while she's having that conversation, they get that video of the captain guy, who's basically like he can blow himself up and then and then comes back together apparently. So so yeah, she's she's somebody high up in the CIA. Yeah, definitely. Now. Yeah. My next part would be the hijack plane that Queen Maeve and Homelander try mm. and save. But it all goes wrong. And Homelander, still a psychotic, screws it up and leaves, convincing, you know, Queen Maeve to go with him and leave those people to die. Ugh. Oh, my God. Yeah, that that whole scene, that whole stuff was just... It's it, it's kind of... It takes that dark twist of things that we've seen in other movies. Like, didn't Superman do that in one of the Superman movies where he grabbed an airplane and was, like, on the bottom of it, like, flying it somewhere? Because she kind of indicates, she says, "Well, can't you lift up the yeah, plane yeah. from the and 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 he's like, he's like, what am I going to stand on? There's no earth out there, and what if it, it spins over the top of me? And like, he's got all these ideas where where he's like, it's not going to work. I can't. We can't save them now. It's just done. Yeah, and yeah, it was like what we spoke about last week when we were talking about CW with Brandon Routh. And Superman yeah. returns. He actually stops the plane, brings it down, brings it down, puts it, settles it nicely. But the thing is, is that, you know, Homelander is supposed to be a representation of a weird, dark version of Superman that was created. So, you know, and he just doesn't care. He's just like, eh, eh. No, he doesn't. And then in the next episode, when we see him on that beach when all those bodies are washing up, which I guess I was a little, that confused me a little bit because they were talking about the fact that the plane was over international waters and so they they could go deal with it, but then yet it's close enough that the bodies are washing up on the beach. That didn't it, make any it, sense. Yeah, it doesn't make sense at all. They, I think they were hoping for the fact that they would save them, but now that the bodies are showing up on the beach, it's like, oh, okay, yeah. now this is a real crisis at this point. Right, and now he uses it as an, as an opportunity, just showing that same sociopathic type of tendencies and stuff. Yeah, he's an opportunist, and we all know this. Yeah. While we have to tap on what my next part would be, uh, the favorite line for me, how do you know so much about the Spice Girls? And that's Mother's (laughs) Milk saying that to Butcher and tries to explain what it's all about that they're trying to do. Uh, It's so funny. It's like, how does Butcher know so much about the Spice Girls? Come on, man. (laughs) I thought that was hilarious. that That was funny. The Deep and the Dolphin, you already touched on that. Humorous, but creepy. Then the Dolphin Mm -hmm. dies. Honestly, that was sad. All he wanted to do, you know, wanted was the Deep to play with his fin. Honestly. (laughs) And and he just dies at it. It's like, I guess that was his last happiness. Uh, You know, I I feel sorry for the dolphin. But we see something like that later on, too. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it shows more of what's going on within the deep and how creepy he is. So we're on to episode five now. 
episode five, we finally get the image that we saw in the trailer before season one came out, the baby with the laser eyes. We finally get to see that in episode five. That was that was really great. And this this is a running thing over the next few episodes. We see that A Train kills Popclaw. Yeah. Apparently he did that on orders from Homelander is is the impression I got from their from their conversation. But then in the next couple episodes, he keeps blaming Huey uh, for that. So uh, they're just this whole thing. And I think it's just more I think you hit it on the head earlier when you talked about the fact that he's an addict and this is all addict type of. Oh, yeah. Conversation and the the way an addict kind of looks at the world where they're going to blame everybody else for it. I've already talked a little bit about the fact that at the end we get to see the female do her Wolverine healing act and starlight she reveals you know her encounter with the deep on the the stage there at the the believe expo uh, i was a little disappointed i'm not criticizing it I, I was a little disappointed by the way they can they portrayed conservative christians in yeah. this episode yeah I I really can't say too much about it because we podcasted over Preacher. But so. I agree with you on this. It, it's kind of, it's like they could have used a, a different religion, in my opinion. But it seems that they always go the Catholicism way or, or Catholic. Yeah, or church. at least yeah, or at least like like don't have it be like the whole like everybody like it was it it was it was like all of them. Like I would be appalled if I if. I wouldn't have been in an event like that because one hundred and seventy dollars for a ticket. I wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But you would think there would be more people than than just Annie who are kind of wait a minute. We we need to dial this back a little bit. And he's like he's misquoting scripture. He's misquoting taking verses out of context. Text, yeah, you know, and he's just doing a lot of things that were that. Just it didn't. It just it it didn't it didn't rub me enough of the wrong way that I'm going to stop watching the show. But it just was one of those things that I, I think they could have found. They could have toned it down. Yeah, it, it was more. it was a total mocking but, of the religion. And my feeling is just like, you know what? Create a different one for the show. And that's my feeling. You know, yeah. it's like trip on another religion. If uh, do Scientology, who knows? Yeah, uh, it, it's yeah. like you know, it's, it's like the thing is is that everything comes. And, you know, they could have created a specific religion for this just yeah, to, to I, go I with just, it. I just think it was, yeah. I, and um, the only thing I noticed, and I didn't notice this the first time I watched it, but this last time watching it was, it was very interesting that Homelander very specifically calls Stillwell's baby an accessory. Yeah. He says, you just got this accessory now. And so that may be foreshadowing for what happens at the end of the season. I'm not sure, but uh, also, and then just the last thing I had for this this particular episode was that fight scene between Black Noir and the female was just outstanding. Like oh, the, yeah. the, the way the stunt people did it. And, and from what I read in IMDb trivia, they actually did that fight. Like the guy that, that wears the suit is oh, wow. like a black belt in like Taekwondo or something like that. And the girl who plays the female is like some other, uh, or maybe she's the Taekwondo. Anyway, they're, they're both like, they're both very like their sword. Like he's a, he actually is a sword person. Like he knows how to handle swords, and 
so they they were able to to use those skills that they already had and and make it a really really impressive fight scene yeah definitely i agree i'm gonna skip over my first one which was the believe expo we already you already spoke about that yeah Yeah, we're not gonna go into that uh that's just a lot of my not happy with how they yeah. went on with that. But seeing Billy Zane in the movie with Popclaw and that A-Train is watching you know, that movie was pretty much fun to see because when was the last time we saw Billy Zane in anything? <laughs> it seems like I've seen him in something recently that they, they talked about. But it, it is funny. He's kind of become like a like – a, uh, he's almost become like a punchline in, in a lot of ways. Yeah for for movies and and TV shows and stuff that Billy Zane oh Billy Zane Billy Zane this Billy yeah, Zane Yeah Zoolander that. So, <laughs> yeah yeah and uh, he was in he's guest spotted in some TV shows and, and things like that so uh yeah I uh, I must have fast forwarded past that part but uh, oh I think now I know what you're talking about when he was watching the TV right? Yeah yeah he was right. watching okay. a TV show that she did which yes. led into the next uh episode and gotcha. to to let you all know too, it's funny too. While watching Popclaw, that the the actress that plays it, she reminds me so much of Natasha Gregson Wagner, uh, which is the daughter of oh my god, I'm forgetting his first name, Robert Wagner, and oh okay, and okay. Uh, she died on a boat. Uh, she was in Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. I forget her name, yeah, uh, but yeah, uh, she's she came from famous actors, but apparently mm. Brittany Allen look is like a stunning resemblance of Natasha Gregson Wagner, mm. and to me, I, I'm just like I was just like, is that her? And I kept looking, and I'm like, no, it's not her, but she looks just like her from like 20 years ago, yeah. and uh, I'm just like, wow. It was like such a stunning resemblance. So, hmm. yeah, that's my little bit on that. <laughs> cool. cool. Uh, we're on to episode six. Episode six. So, episode six uh, starts with our Ashley, our Colby Minifee getting fired because of what, because of what happened with Starlight, and we we start to, you know, episode six kind of gives us the beginnings of what we're going to get in the last couple episodes we're we're seeing more and more of the publicity machine. And I, I just absolutely love that scene between her and Elizabeth shoe when they're in the office and Elizabeth shoe is kind of like telling her, this is the way it is. And starlight kind of just comes back with, yeah, but you can't fire me because I just talked about a sexual assault that happened to me. And if you fire me now, it's going to be worse for the company altogether. And so they have this whole back and forth thing where finally Elizabeth Shue kind of says, well, fine, I'm going to have to think about this. And then we get some more interaction with her and Queen Maeve. And then, of course, at the end of the episode, they, they're they doing that trailer for the movie about Starlight. And Queen Maeve just looks at her and says, the house always wins. But we also get to see... We get to see Haley Joel Osment. We get to see some other stuff. Is this that was this the episode that where we saw all the different kind of behind the scenes, like the deep is on the beach and they're picking up trash and he's yes. doing the whole commercial for picking. And then the, the they end they end 
they say cut and she's like, okay, put the trash back. We're going to do another take, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and uh, we get to see kind of a trains, his, his mess ups and stuff. Yeah. uh, So, yeah, so we get to see a lot of kind of the behind the scenes kind of things. We've already seen that Maeve had a relationship with a woman. That woman kind of comes back and we, we get a little bit of their interaction and stuff. And, so there was a lot of things in this episode kind of setting us up, rolling towards the end yeah, of the season. Yeah, it definitely humanizes Maeve, though. We didn't really see much of her, which I'm really mm-hmm. glad that we got to, because they kind of hinted on the idea that Homelander and her had a relationship, so I'm thinking that she's kind of bisexual. Yeah, that's that's the that's the impression I got. So, I, you know, to me, that, that was nice to see, because... I think that was the one character they really didn't really top on too much throughout this, the actual season. And I hope they bring her back. The, the actress is very good. She looks nothing like the character that she portrays on the show. And apparently she must wear a wig because every picture mm. I've seen of her is with blonde hair and short. Oh, so, the one playing Maeve or the one playing her girl? Maeve. Maeve, okay. Yeah. Hmm, I'll have to look that up and see. Yeah, it's interesting. I hadn't noticed that. So... My impressions for episode six that lasted were, was pretty much the, the creepy room that Homelander, the behind-the-scenes look at him. It, it was all made up, if you look at it in the end. It, it, this was something, and then him being very particular about a blanket that was left on the bed in the very beginning of the episode. So he goes crazy on that, on the uh, the crew and everything. So that was yeah. Uh, that was, and you know, we don't we don't get the we don't get the further reveal of that until later, until the next couple episodes where we actually find out more about why that was such a big deal for him. Yeah. So that was really cool. Yeah. Another part would be A Train and his brother with his addiction. Mm-hmm. You know, pretty much a good look of the character, and I like the fact that they're actually bringing out some more things about these particular characters. We're only seeing certain scenes and instances with them, and that's about it. And then they kind of move on to the next scene. So at least we're getting a little bit of like a backstory or character buildup in some way for these characters. Mm-hmm. So you know that maybe that was another panel that they actually went to for that. Another part would be Starlight talking to Queen Maeve in the elevator about what she has done and all mm-hmm. the good she has done, meaning Maeve, but stating that it was done by the marketing guys. And and the fact that, you know, Maeve actually did break her arm in a couple of places it, and apparently it didn't heal right. And she did that. Yeah, for she herself. said she broke all the bones. She said she broke all the bones. Her that that was a real that that moment that that Starlight had talked about about saving those kids in the school bus that that was a real, a real moment. Yeah. So yeah, that that to me was touching in the sense that we got a little bit more of an insight of Maeve itself. You mm-hmm. know, she wasn't just a secondary character that you know was in my thought a representation of super uh, no, Superwoman, Wonder Woman. In that in itself, yeah. So um, I would say uh, my next part would be the deep being stationed with Sandusky, Ohio. No water there at all. A way to hide the deep from people with the dolphin incident in Starlight, plus the full endorsement of women with his apology to Starlight publicly. And and of all things, we we get this cool thing. Uh, it's a plus to me. Seth Rogen and the V Universe, Vought Universe, 
you know, apparently it's a film thing that they're doing about the actual heroes that are in this actual show uh, with the character Black Noir. Yeah. Also known <laughs> to me, the Batman of this universe, if you think about it. <laughs> yeah, kind of, except he doesn't speak. No. He doesn't speak at all. No. So Yeah, that's, that's the pretty cool thing about it. Yeah. The con where the movie actors portray supers. Plus, that you know, you already mentioned it. The Haley Joel Osment character, mesmerizer, mm-hmm. uh, is, and he does have powers, and we find that out. Uh, Mother Milk's talk to him about what he does and makes him confront his daughter. That was a really cool and key scene. Uh, a great scene yeah. with uh, the daughter by Haley, and it shows his acting chops as an adult. Uh, not just this, but also if you guys have not watched Tusk. Go see Tusk. And that's a Kevin Smith movie. <laughs> and we're on to episode seven. So episode seven, we we get this this idea that the once you know, the end of episode six, we have Mesmer's character showing all the pictures of the of the boys to Homelander. And so now they've been exposed, and so we get this this idea that that they've got to go get their families. I thought that was really cool. Like in Haley, um, Haley, um, Huey goes to his house cause his dad, a train is there with his dad. And I, I absolutely love that scene. And I didn't see it the first time I watched it. I saw it today as I was rewatching it is you can see in the background, it's blurred out, but you can see like a vent opening and you can see the female drop out of that vent while Huey is talking to, a train and she's able to sneak up behind him and break his break his leg which was rather gruesome yeah that compound fracture oh yeah of his of his leg but that whole conversation he's having with huey where he's blaming huey for Popclaw Popclaw's death is right straight out of an addict's like playbook because he's totally not taking responsibility for what he did and i thought that was that was a really really good scene the deep and uh, the the sex scene with the girl where she's sticking her hands in his gills just made me cringe. And just that whole idea of I, I can only I can only assume that he didn't want to hurt her. He didn't want to violently lash out at her. So he just basically laid there and and, and took, took it. it. Yeah, you know, and. And so, you know, in one, in some ways, it's like the roles have been reversed yep. now. Yeah, he got raped. Where, <laughs> right, right. But then we also get that scene between Mesmer and Butcher, where I'm pretty sure Butcher killed him. Oh yeah, just just straight up beat him to death in in that bathroom, and you don't see Butcher really fly off the handle until Mesmer says, well, I can help you find her. And then, you know, then he puts his hands on either side of Mesmer's face. And again, you commented about Haley Joel Osment. He's such a good actor. He really yeah. is, has grown beyond his that years. 10 year old kid. Yeah. That, yeah, that 10 year, and he was, he, I, I looked at his uh, IMDB page today. He, he was even, he even did quite a bit as a kid before the sixth sense. Like he was in a lot of TV stuff. Oh yeah, I think The Sixth Sense was probably his first movie, but so he's been acting for a long time. And he there's if you go through his IMDb page, there's a few, there's a couple of spots where there's you know where there's years in between projects, but he's worked pretty steadily over the last thirty years or so. So I thought that was that was really cool to to see him. And I, I you know we get that little scene that we that flashback we see of. 
Butcher's wife coming out of the hotel room and she's only got one shoe on mm-hmm. and she definitely looks like like something bad has just happened. And so I don't know if we're going to find out for sure because in the next episode, Homelander tries to say that the sex was consensual, but when you look at that video, that does not look like a woman happy coming out of that hotel room. Oh, yeah. So I'm not sure what we're going to find out about that encounter i'm assuming we're going to get some more about it since the way episode eight ended and then of course that that very end where we get to see the fact that there are now super terrorists yeah is uh is really great to lead right into the next episode oh definitely and to add on to your heli joel osmond comment uh you know for listeners out there go see jay and silent bob reboot because Haley's in it so, oh, is he? Yeah, he'll be in it. Kevin has been plugging away at how many cameos. You know Haley's mm. going to be in there. He was in Tusk. He was in Yoga Hosers. He's going to be in every Kevin right. Smith movie. So he's there. So go out there, see it, and, you know, give some, you know, props to Kevin Smith for uh, another great movie. So, and Haley's in it, as well as a numerous amount of other actors that we all love. So with my number seven, I'm going to say with my first one would be the Christmas party from eight years before Butcher and his wife, Becca, Becca are there. She was someone who was important within Vought, apparently the new senior director of digital marketing, marketing based upon what Homelander states. But then there was this weird situation with her and Homelander, which we all saw, like you stated from the video. Butcher getting the video from some lady showing that apparently she was with Homelander with, you know, Homelander was with Becca for like three hours and she disappeared. Mm -hmm. And who is this Mallory? That's so that woman is from the comic book. And it's actually the this this, the character in the comic book is a male, though. Okay, And uh, Mallory is the character basically that started the boys. Uh, yeah, I, she, that's what I got out of it from the next episode. Her grandchildren were killed by a lamplighter. Yep. And we we talked and they talked Mother's Milk talks about that in one of the earlier episodes. episodes. Yep. And that was what the the her grandchildren getting killed by lamplighter is what caused her to retire, to stop doing. And that's why they down. retired lamplighter too. Right. Right. All right. So that clears that up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's so. Like I said, she's actually, and it's in the, from what I read in the trivia. There's the there's the, like the it's the same character except it's male yeah. in the comic book, but and which makes this even better, I think. Though, yeah, yeah. My next part would be the confrontation between Huey and A Train. You know, like you already spoke, it, it was so emotionally fueled, very well mm-hmm. done in that scene. Squeezing out the V juice to make A Train A Train squirm a little bit was amazing. His addiction is way too strong. So, yeah. you know, that, that kind of made for a great scene. Homelander with Stillwell and trying to get the information about Becca Butcher. Interesting scene. Such an uncomfortable scene to watch, though. So, yeah. And then I would continue on saying that, you know, the deep getting deep with a fan. He already spoke <laughs> about this. And yeah. it was very, yeah, that, that was pretty much... A male rape scene, if you saw it at most, even though I'm sure other women would be been like, no, we need more. But mm-hmm. <laughs> the funniest bit, though, to me, and it's sad in a sense 
for a lot of people who love animals and things of that nature, but I'm a seafood lover, so... <laughs> the lobster thing. Yes, the deep in the supermarket and trying to free the lobster. He goes, I want that one, and that was heartbreaking to me. Though I do love seafood, and I love to <laughs> eat it. I did understand the deep's pain when the clerk killed the lobster. I just hope that the deep had some butter, though. <laughs> <laughs> And my last part would be uh, Homelander talking to his father, quote-unquote father, finding out that Homelander was made, not born. He was created by these people. So he was a man-made hero or super at that. Plus he finds out that he is the father of Becca's baby, that Becca had died during childbirth and that it clawed its way out of her. He didn't say what happened to the baby after that, though. No, he, he did, though. He he says, because that's, Homelander asks what happened to the baby, and the doctor says it lived, I think he said it, he doesn't say the sex. Okay. Homelander asks if it was a boy, but he says it lived for 10 seconds, drowned in its mother's blood. Yeah. Okay. So that's, that, yeah, though I literally, when I was, I was literally watching that scene uh, just earlier this evening when we were typing up notes. <laughs> and so I, I specifically remember hearing him say it lived 10 seconds and it died drowning in its mother's blood. Yeah, that that's what happens when we podcast on a crunch, and we have to yeah. rewatch all those wonderful, <laughs> vital things that we need to watch for this episode of this podcast. But yeah. the thing is, is that it actually made me fast forward and go through to the events that I needed to because, you know, I have a decent memory, not hugely great when it comes to long term because I watched this however long when it first premiered, and I think I mm-hmm. binge watched it over the course of a a day and a half. Yeah. And I had that yeah. weekend off or whatever. And, you know, to me, I just watched it and it just reinvigorated me in the idea of watching these scenes going, wow, oh my God, wow, that happened. Oh, wow. It's like, oh, I don't remember yeah. that exactly. <laughs> so there are a lot of things when we do these things and it'll make you want to watch it as well as a listener because if we're bringing up yeah. topics that you like, Bring them up. If you could throw us out a shout-out or a comment on Facebook, that would be great, or even an email or a voicemail. But, uh, you know, we're hoping that people go back to this because the new season is going to be coming up. Not soon, but fairly soon. Yes, sometime this year. Yeah. Yeah, we didn't we didn't talk a lot about it, but the very end of the episode, is, we, have, but we have Annie and Huey meeting there in the park again, and Butcher's shooting her... And also that whole conversation with the doctor really leads with doctor with Vogelbaum, his quote unquote father Mm -hmm. leads us right into episode eight because it is the fact that she Stillwell tells a different story of how the baby died. And that is what clues Homelander into the fact that they're lying to him. Yeah. So I thought that was really great. So are we ready to get into episode eight? Yeah, I am. So as I started uh, to say, I guess, and I didn't think about this the first time I watched it. It wasn't until I watched it this time that I really went, oh, okay. So I guess one of the things about all of these superheroes is that, or most of them, is that they're bulletproof. Because she gets shot several times. Oh, yeah. I, I, yeah, yeah, definitely. And pretty much almost in the same area, too. Yeah, and... and and she just get she basically I mean it knocks her down and stuff and and obviously it bothers her but then the next episode this episode here episode eight she's just fine she goes and visits her mom so I thought that was that it was kind of cool that realization and I was like okay there's so there's one thing that's kind of consistent with all of them I absolutely loved seeing Jim Beaver 
in this episode. He is a he was a regular uh, he was a recurring character in Supernatural, and it's funny the character he played in in Supernatural is called is named Robert Singer, and that's also the name of an executive producer of Supernatural. So Eric Kripke bring, brings the character back or brings the name back in this episode even though it's not spoken in the episode i don't think it's uh, definitely credit he's credited as being secretary of defense robert singer so it was it was great to see jim beaver in this uh, in this episode and i hope i hope we get to see him in season two uh we get that whole scene with annie talking to her mother and we we find out that at some point when she was a baby that her parents allowed Vought to you know shoot her up with compound v making her into a super and at some point then i guess they weren't paying them money but they were paying for the medical bills and they were doing something else and at some point her father didn't want to lie to her anymore and so instead of telling her the truth he just left which scarred her and you know this we talked a little bit about the deep and they really did a good job in these last two episodes of making me feel sympathetic for him. I'm still now don't get me wrong, I don't want anybody to think that I'm I'm having sympathy for him or that what he did that I'm okay with what he did. Obviously he's a horrible person and he did it to more than just Starlight, so he deserves to to get what he got. But it's still you, you gotta have a little bit of of, of sympathy for him, I think. I, I I don't know. I mean I guess I'm I guess I'm convincing myself not to really that he's just getting what he deserves um that he should probably be in jail um but uh so you know it's great to see homelander as he reveals the whole plan to Stillwell. he's like yeah i I stole some of the compound v i had a train running all around the globe and i created these super jihadists so that we would have an enemy and then they have sex and then that's when she tells him the different story about the baby different. She just says that it was a miscarriage. Yeah. She doesn't say what happened to Becca. She just says it was a miscarriage. And then, so then he realizes and what he reveals at the end of the episode when he's in the house there is he said that after their conversation, he went and visited Vogelbaum again and got the real truth. So we can only assume that he probably murdered Vogelbaum. Yep. Then, of course, we get that, that little fight between A-Train and, and Starlight. And I really, I, it pained me watching it the first time. And it was difficult watching it this time when he burns out her eyes. Oh, yeah. And then Billy just flicks the detonator. And the next scene we see, Billy's waking up, you know, on, on the lawn. And so we can, I can only assume that the baby died in the explosion that the nanny who was asleep or that Billy had knocked out somewhere it died in the explosion at the house. And it just, it just shows the more the levels of evil that Homelander has, but it also shows the recklessness or the negligence of Billy butcher. Oh yeah. In a way, because the baby and it, I really focused on it this time because I, I fast forwarded and I rewound and I listened to it again in that whole scene. When he's talking to Stillwell, you can hear the baby crying and there's a point where the baby stops crying or where you don't hear the baby crying anymore. So I, I don't know if they're going to play with that in the next season and try to say something about that, that maybe the, the baby was taken away by somebody or something 
there, but there is a distinct moment when you don't hear the baby anymore. Yeah. And then he burns out her, her skull. He turns to Billy and Billy says, F it or whatever he says. And then he flicks the detonator. Yeah. And the next thing we see is he's waking up in the grass and Homelander's like, oh, you can thank me later for saving your life. I have a funny feeling that that baby is still alive. Well, and that's that's what I'm saying is 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 it, it would be interesting to see, and they're they're gonna have to. I don't know how they could do it though. Is the thing? Well, like, you you would have to think that if he impregnated Stillwater, and that you know that's why he knew there was always something sly every time he looked at that kid, that he knew something. No, no, no. You mean Stillwell's baby? Yeah. No, he didn't know. He didn't like that baby. He never. Every scene he's in with that baby, he just he despised. He despised that baby. it. Yeah, basically because okay, it was probably so, his seed. And it was no. I don't <laughs> think it was. I no. I don't think it was. I think. I think the that that time that when they have sex on the couch there. That was the, I think first, that's the time? first time. Yeah, I think that's the first time they actually have sex. Or I maybe think. did she steal Homelander's seed? I don't. I don't think so. To, I don't think that baby who knows? has anything to do with Homelander. I don't. I'm. I'm, 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 I'm hopeful. Gonna, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I mean, I'm hoping that the baby's alive, but I don't think there's there's not going to be any reason why it's not going to be from Homelander. It's gonna there's going to be some other explanation of of how that baby survived if if he survived. Yeah, he's the little baby from yeah. like The Incredibles that could do anything and morph and shoot blasters <laughs> out of its. He was he was he, he was exposed to Compound V as well and maybe he teleported out at the last Exactly. Second. Yeah, that's, come that's, on. That's, now that's an explanation that I that I would buy. You know, I I could I could buy that if 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 you know, Stillwell was was juicing her own baby with compound V. That would be amazing. I, I could see it. I, I could see that being, you know, something something there. But no, I, I don't think Homeland. I, I would never it. want that of a baby like that. Come on, that kid was yeah. cute. <laughs> no, I'm with you. And I, I'm I'm hoping it did survive, but uh they're gonna have to do something really, really well with it. But what were your thoughts about episode eight? Well episode eight, uh just like you, I the counterfeiting of the compound V and how Homelander gets the drug overseas during the military raid, he gives that whole speech, like you said before. It's like, oh, thank you for doing this, and you are the true heroes. And then he goes in, he takes everybody out with his eye beams. Mm-hmm. And just like typical Superman style or evil Superman. I would say bizarro, more than anything. Mm-hmm. Now, now there, there is pretty much a new world. I'm thinking that the next season will, you know, we'll see the villains that was created based upon this. And that these particular heroes are going to have odds at them, but also dealing with their own drama at the same time. And uh, that, that that will definitely be cool to watch, too, because now they have to clear up all the nonsense that we have from this particular season and then deal with the new people that are out there that have all these powers. I, I forget the uh, the girl's name. Uh, Haley Joel Osment's character, Mesmerizer, says it is, was it Kamita or uh, Kimika? Or something Kumiko. like Kumiko. Kumiko, the the female's name. Yes. Yeah, Kumiko. Kumiko is what he says her name is. Like I said, in the comic book, they don't ever name her. Yeah, but they gave her but, a name. Yeah, in he this. does. He does give her a name, and then Frenchie says it, Kumiko. And uh, I would have to add on to apparently Mallory is the source of where Butcher found his vengeance. Basically, she was the beginning of the boys. She lost people and made Butcher aware of it. And I hope to see her in more in season two the character that started it all basically for the boys i'd like to see her story next season in flashback form hopefully 
And that would be amazing to see. To, you know, because you know that they're going to go. They already did it within this season where everything was out of order and we saw certain things. Maybe they'll do that in season two where they expand the story so that way they could get more seasons out of it and more characters. That would lead me to another point, which would be Huey's plea to Starlight, which would be Annie to help. Yes, she is bulletproof like we already talked about, <laughs> apparently. That seems to be a soup straight. We all concur about that. But her human side comes out and wants to do right in the end, which pretty much is what Huey wants. And hopefully they'll make a great couple. <laughs> and Queen Maeve saying that she did actually break her arm. We already spoke about this, and I'm not going to go further into that. <laughs> that whole mother-son talk between Homelander and Stillwell post-coitus, that was really weird to me. <laughs> like, we are, yeah. you already topped on that. Then after he gets the information he needs, he burns her eyes out, and wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Burning her brains out. And that ending, Homelander with Butcher, seeing the baby with Becca. Wow. Next season is going to be crazy with that. Yep. And they, yeah, when they come out with that, I'm, I'm just going to be watching it. <laughs> now I need to read the trade, but I'm really scared to read the trade because of what's going on. <laughs> but right now I'm on Batman Deceased, so uh, I would check it out, listeners. I mentioned it before. I think I brought it up uh, a number of podcasts ago. And I said I was interested in the idea of reading it. I They finally came out with a trade paperback, and it's a hardcover. And I purchased it, read the first 15 pages of it, and really got into it. Now, think of the movie Cellular or the Stephen King novel Cellular, where you pick up a cell phone, something that's uh, digital media or anything like that, where it could create a zombie virus. And that's where this leads off with uh, Cyborg being implemented with something by a dastardly villain and creates a zombie virus where anybody who interacts with any social media, cell phone, or anything electronic gets infused with this, uh, this zombie disease and they eat each other and... The supers within that particular comic wind up having to battle all this, and all of them succumb to some degree to a final end. But I'm still reading it, and it it's like the just the scenes within it are really really human, and I love the idea of it, and I can't highly recommend it anymore. Go out there and get it. It's on trade. It's in hardcover trade. I picked it up, and that's that's my to do read this week. So, but uh, we could talk about the series as a whole. What do you think? The only thing I had really as a whole, we we've talked about most of what I've got, but uh, is just that the fact that that I, I love how Jack Quaid plays this kind of everyman kind of character that he's 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 very simple he doesn't know how the gun works he doesn't know but he he seems to almost like i'm uh i, I don't I hate to say get smart kind of way but he kind of stumbles into <laughs> into things like when he killed translucent uh, you know he's he's about to let translucent go 
and he sees the picture on the wall of the baby and says, you know, don't, you know, make sure you keep your hands clean or something like that. And he remembers what happens to Robin. And so he trips the detonator. And then later when he's with Ezekiel, he kind of goes into the whole blackmail mode. When (laughs) When he does have the gun, he shoots a a bunch of people with it just just randomly being able to so i I really like that whole everyman quality that he kind of that he kind of has of this ordinary guy who's swept up into these crazy crazy events well yeah i have to agree with that that would be my point too uh jack quaid does present and he shows himself as a really good actor within this show and i really do enjoy his performance and he's pretty much the ordinary guy, and he does what, and he kind of bumbles through everything to mm-hmm. to get where he needs to. But then you have Carl Urban, who is, I'm not sure if I'm gonna phrase this right or make it sound right. I'm thinking more of Fight Club. Think of Brad Pitt and Edward Norton. Edward Norton being the Jack Quaid Huey character, and whereas call urban playing butcher and butcher is pretty much the brad pitt character in fight club alter egos doing extremes and both one trying to do utmost good and one doing the utmost craziness Hmm. and i i kind of see it that way but you know if you have any thoughts on that please send them our way you know that 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 was just my thought when i first saw this i'm like wow you see two people completely different that are stuck in this situation one manipulating the other one that's uh pretty much innocent and wants good things and then you have the other one who is determined to do certain things but convincing the innocent one to do that as well so that that's where what i got out of it when i first watched it so but that's that's really what my attitude and my thought about it is uh, hopefully that changes come season two and we'll see we'll see so what are the news do we have what do we got out there in the news so in comic news we pretty much have uh colin farrell is cast as penguin and robert pattinson's the batman that is now in pre-production apparently it's going to be a dark take just like the joker was this last year so maybe this will be a one-off, just the same, and uh, I'm not sure, but I'm interested in it. <laughs> so, you know, if you guys have watched Joker, I have. I watched it a few times. It's very interesting, very dark, a very dark take. I've heard something about an alternate ending on that particular <laughs> movie, but, you know, it, to me, I like it as it is, and I think that uh, Joaquin Phoenix did a very good job, and so did the director. And the director actually did The Hangover, of all things, a comedic movie, and he's doing this. And to me, it was very dark, it was very storytelling, and it took a take of the Joker in a certain way. So if they do this with the the Batman, with uh, Robert Pattinson and Colin Farrell as the Penguin... That would be an amazing movie to watch for the fact that if it's just a one-off, then it'll leave you thinking, kind of like mm-hmm. how Joker was. But they plan on doing a Joker sequel, so in my opinion about that, they shouldn't. They just should leave this alone. And then same thing with the Batman. 
and then they should just do one-offs because I think DC is knocking out of the park with that particular thought. The next little bit of information I have from the internets, because I'm like Mark Bernardin, I just look for the internet <laughs> and get internet information about comic book news. Christian Bale might be in Thor Love and Thunder, and I'm hoping for Beta Ray Bill, but there are rumors about him being Molecule Man going around. I, I'm not sure if that's true or not, but uh, uh, with Christian Bale being very interested in being in a Marvel movie and them seeking him out for Thor Love and Thunder, hmm. I, I think that would be pretty cool, and uh, I'm really interested. There's a lot coming out, and there was some recent news about WandaVision and why it was released so sooner than it was, was foreseen to be for the fact that uh, basically when they do Doctor, the next Doctor Strange, basically WandaVision sets that up for her to be in that particular movie, so they moved it up a little bit. So that when the Doctor Strange movie, the next one, it will, uh, you know, make sense in a certain way. So I hope that's true. I, I Honestly, right now, I just want more Marvel. <laughs> And we haven't gotten an, an original Marvel. We got original Star Wars. So now we're going to get, uh, you know, Captain, uh, uh, no, it was, what is it, uh, Falcon and a Winter Soldier. And then we're going to get Wanda Vision. And then eventually we'll get uh, Black Widow and then all that good stuff. So there, it's been a while since we're going to have uh, a Marvel movie and anything Marvel content. Sounds good. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> So we have a special thanks to Kirk Manley for our artwork for our podcast. Check out Kirk Manley on his website, www.studiokm.com. Or you could check him out at BatmanKM on Twitter or at BatmanKM on Instagram. You could check out his art at BatmanKM.DeviantArt.com. If you have something that you would like to hire Kirk for, or consign him for to make for you, you can email him at kirk at studiokm.com. So the only podcast recommendation I really have is uh, go check out the DC Primetime podcast. They are wrapping up with Crisis. They covered Crisis like we did. They covered Crisis parts one through three, and they will be covering parts four and five here in the next week or so. So check out their coverage of that. We will be covering crisis parts four and five i think we're going to try to do that next week we'll see yeah. how schedules work out but i know it's the two episodes are going to be on tuesday the 14th yeah so yeah we'll we'll try and get ben on that because i would love to have ben on again very cool and we're going to give a, a, a youtube recommendation since we are on youtube now as a podcast we'd like to recommend a show and with that show would be the grim life collective with Michael and Jessica. They they cover a lot of interesting locations in Florida as well as set locations of, of horror films. They are really nice people and I watch them on YouTube all the time. Show some support to our friends the Grim Life Collective and check out their show. They have an awesome episode where they actually went out to Tom Savini's school for makeup effects in Pennsylvania and had a tour of the school by Tom himself. They also got to see his house and do a tour of it by Tom himself, which is amazing. You have to see it for yourself. And just watch that episode. It's 
it, it's so cool to see what the students can do, what Tom has in his house as far as collectives within the house from all the movies he's worked on. It made me want to go see the school, but, you know, I'm not going to be a student. <laughs> but uh, with that, we, we have some ways for you to send feedback to us and how is that we would love to get your feedback there's multiple ways you can you can get feedback to us you can send feedback to uh to our webpage. you can go to our, our web page at uh, panels to pixels podcast.com that'll redirect you to our facebook page and on our facebook page you can leave us a message we usually post something on there letting you know what what we'll be talking about that next week this uh, uh that our group can be found at facebook.com slash panels to pixels. You can also email us at panels to pixels one at gmail.com. That's panels to pixels one. The two is spelled out T O right there in the middle and the number one at gmail.com. You can call us and leave a voicemail at eight, four, five, three, five, zero, two, zero, nine, five. That's eight, four, five, three, five, zero, two, zero, nine, five. You can also, as Mark just talked about, you can find us on YouTube at panels to pixels podcast. So go to YouTube, search for panels to pixels podcast, give us a subscribe, give us a thumbs up, Share us, uh, whatever you can do. If you're listening to this podcast, you're probably listening to it either on Spotify, Google Play, or Apple iTunes, or whatever podcast player of choice you use. If that podcast player of choice allows you to do a review, please give us a five-star review, write something nice about it, and we will read it on the podcast. And other ways you could listen to us, I'm a co-host on The Walking Dead Talk Through or Brian Malosh on Talk Through Media. We review The Walking Dead each week when it's out. This show will stay on the Next Level Podcast Network, as always, but there will be a link for Talk Through Media for others to listen to as well. Listen to us at TalkThroughMedia.com, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We are currently working on a lot of things. Picardcast is on its way out. It's coming out, I think, at the end of January or middle. So keep in touch here or go to TalkThroughMedia.com's website and just leave some sort of feedback, and we will be back with The Walking Dead come the, I believe, the end of February. So Middle. Middle of February. Middle, February yeah. February 16th? Yeah, 16th, at I least. Think. Yeah, and it's the longest hiatus that The Walking Dead has had. Yeah. It's like I said, I think it's, I'm pretty sure it's February 16th. I'm pretty right sure now. you're correct as well. I have not been paying attention. I just watch as it comes out. <laughs> uh, you can hear me on here, of course. I'll be always talking with Mark on whatever whatever TV show or movie or comic book to screen that we are discussing that week. I also submit voicemails to various other podcasts currently on the Podcasting Network. Strange Indeed is covering you, Season 2. I send them voicemails. This podcast network has We Have to Go Back, Lost Revisited with... Ben and Kristen from the Podcasting Network. They're back, and they're doing their manifest minutes as well. So I sit voicemails to them. and uh, You can hear my voice on various other Podcastica and Next Level Podcast Network podcasts. Yes, definitely. So that's it for tonight, everybody. Thank you for listening. I'm Mark. And I'm Steve. And this was Panels to Pixels. Good night, everybody. Good night. Never gonna let you.